The Charlotte Hornets are back in action tonight at the Spectrum Center. They take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Tip is set for 7 p.m. And you can catch that game right here on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Let's go to the man that's going to be on the call when you tune in. Body Works Plus guest hotline now welcomes the Hornets play-by-play announcer, Sam Farber. Sam, we'll get to the Hornets game in just a moment, but we do have to ask you the theme of today and the question that surrounds it. What is your favorite Disney slash Pixar movie of all time? Ooh, this is good. This is good. I'm, I, I'm disappointed <laughs> I wasn't prepped for this, but I'm glad I wasn't prepped for this as well. You know, one that's really fun for me right now is Aladdin because uh, it came up when I was a young kid. So it was, you know, one good of answer. the big releases when I was a little kid. Plus, that my mine kids too, really man. love it now. There you go. See, so I'm in good company. Plus, my kids really love it now. So seeing them rediscover the movie with Robin Williams as the genie or Will Smith as the genie. It, it's it's just, it's so much fun. So yeah. that, that's at the top of my list. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, we had a, a top five between all three of us that we were putting out there. Finding Nemo made it. I believe Toy Story. We're all huge fans. Yeah, we of, forgot Zootopia, too. We, we did. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, yeah, well, maybe we can all have Sam Farber again on and we can talk about Disney <laughs> yeah. Channel, uh, Disney, Disney movies, movie podcast. the entire show, but maybe we'll just stick to the Charlotte Hornets after the initial question. And some unfortunate injury news. Again, Kelly Oubre going to undergo surgery that will keep him out. At least right now, the prognosis is he'll be out post-All-Star break. That game is on February 19th, I believe. Sam, what does this injury mean for the Hornets going forward? Well, I think it just means a, a continuation of what we've been seeing. If uh, if the Hornets season uh, were a Disney ride, I'd say we're the, the haunted mansion. There's an injury lurking behind every corner. I, I don't know if that's the best I can do there. Um, no, but, that's solid, Sam. Know, yeah, yeah, excellent one. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, it, you know, it, it's just unfortunate because, you know, we felt so strongly coming into the season, not, not just, you know, me, myself, but a lot of the media around town, that there was a chance that this could be a, a really strong season of progress for the Hornets, building on what had been accomplished the last couple of years uh, with a, a new coach in town and uh, an older, even more mature and, and better LaMelo ball leading the way. And, and unfortunately, just never gotten off the ground. We've never seen this team together. And I don't think any team should expect to be 100% healthy for 82 games. But, you know, five or ten would have been nice to really get an idea of, of what we've got here. And, you know, just as it, it seems like we might be getting Cody Martin back for the first time since the first minute of the regular season, uh, right back on top of it again, there's a, there's another injury to deal with. Yeah. And you mentioned Cody Martin possibly coming back. He's listed as questionable for tonight, so at least there is some good news there. What will they get in Cody Martin's return and how he'll impact this basketball team? Just strong defensive player, and, and he just kind of you know fits into all the little holes that you can potentially leave in your defense and your offense, quite frankly. He's a, a better offensive player than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, one point before he got injured last season, he was leading the NBA in three-point percentage. Uh, he can drive and dunk with the, with the best of them out there. Um, he's a very, very skilled offensive player, but defense is where he's really made a name for himself. And when you think back to the, the offseason, the, the big signing for this team was keeping Cody Martin in town. They gave him a significant contract to keep him here, and uh, not just because he's a great guy and out of the kindness of their heart, but because other people wanted him. So, you know, getting him out there on the floor, I think is going to have a huge impact on this team. Sam, when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, is this sort of what the blueprint of what the Charlotte Hornets would like to be as far as just having 
you know, homegrown stars that they drafted, whether you talk about John Moran or Jaron Jackson, and then building it around kind of guys that were late round to second round picks like the Baines and Brookses of the world, and then sneaky free agents like Atias Jones and Steven Adams. Is this kind of the model for what a team like Charlotte would want to do in one of the, I guess you could say mid to smaller markets in the NBA? I mean, I think you'd like it to be. It's certainly a path. I think the the path that uh, is most often traveled. Um, and before Memphis was doing it, it was the Golden State Warriors. You know, their core is almost entirely drafted. Their core now is almost entirely drafted players. So, you know, I think that's the model for most of the NBA. And it's, it's what puts such a premium on your draft picks. Um, but also, it, it doesn't leave you prisoner to your draft position. I know that there's a lot of conversation out there every year, quite frankly, about, uh, and in every sport, quite frankly, about, you know, oh, you, you, got, you can't afford to win too many games because you want to have this spot if you're, you know, not insured of making the playoffs. Uh, to me, great GMs are great GMs because they find the best players wherever they sit in the draft. Mitch Kupchak is in that category, whether with the Hornets or when he was with the Lakers. Wherever he sat in the draft, he'd find the best player. He'd find all-stars, Julius Randle, you know, Jordan Clarkson. He's, there, there's all kinds of guys drafted later uh, than pick one, two, or three that he has selected that have gone on to great success. And, you know, for me, anyone who is a proponent of tanking or any GM who feels they have to pick first to win is just a sign that maybe are not a very good general manager. Now, I'm not saying that if you're uh, in a position to pick first or fifth, you should pick fifth voluntarily. Um, but, you know, my, my point is the great GMs are able to find the talent wherever they are. And as much as we like to think we know what every 18-year-old is going to become by the time they're 35, we really have no idea. All right, and then two-part question here. Uh, we know John ja Morant's rising star uh, in the NBA and what he means to that franchise. Uh, first part of the question is how far off do you feel like LaMelo is from Ja, or do you feel like he's even that far off at all? And then two, when you look at his career against Charlotte, he has one of the lower points-per-game averages than he has against any other team at 19 points a game. What is it about the Hornets when they play against him that they're able to slow him down? Well, second part first, you know, I haven't dug too deep into the numbers, but I know we, we don't only play twice a year, so there, there's fewer matchups. And one of them, uh, the last one, got out of hand so quickly they really didn't need him to score. So that, that might have, you know, tweaked the averages just a little bit. But I, I do think with players like Cody Martin, on your team, you know, you have a better chance of defending him in general. Uh, Cody's a, an elite defender, and he's going to give Jaws as many problems as anyone. But Jaws, you know, the reason he's as great as he is is because he can, you know, just outplay everyone out there. Um, I also think, you know, part of the reason that Jaws is having, in my opinion, the best year of his career is because while his scoring is stayed level from last year, his assists have really shot up. I mean, he's up an extra two assists per game, getting his teammates involved better and better. Um, so I think he's having a great year. In terms of, you know, where LaMelo is in the process, I don't think he's far off, but that's not uh, to, to pull Ja down. That's because Ja is also ascending in his career. You know, they're kind of going up the parallel lanes, and the only thing keeping LaMelo back right now is the injuries. Um, but we're, we're getting a look here at just how – proficient a score he can be. Lamelo's the better passer, I would say, right now. Um, but Jaws, I mentioned before, is improving in that vein as well. 
Sam Farber, Hornets play-by-play announcer, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. And speaking of defense, being able to stop John Moran or at least have a hope is going to be able to protect the rim, too. You would like to have that guy. Mark Williams is doing a pretty good job at that. And, Sam, we've seen him not only come in against OKC, have the 17-13 and 13 night, but we've also seen him give some pretty good minutes, overtaking Nick Richard's spot in the rotation. What have you seen from Mark Williams ever since Steve Clifford has gone to him here lately? I think he's doing exactly what he's being asked to do and doing it at an exceptionally high level. Uh, You know, a lot of players will come into the league and think, well, I want to be Kevin Durant when I'm done, or I want to be like LeBron when I'm done. And they forget to be themselves at the start. And being the best version of themselves is what allows you to continue to make that progress. And so right now, Mark Williams isn't out there trying to, you know, knock down four threes a game, even though it's something he works on in practice and something the front office and coaching staff believes could be a part of his game in the future. But right now he's trying to be the best version of himself, and that is the reigning ACC Defensive Player of the Year and intimidating shot-blocking, rim-protecting presence with one of the elite wingspans in the NBA right now. He's using it. Uh, you know, he had nine rebounds off the bench in pretty quick order last game, and he's able to, you know, get to balls in terms of altitude that most other players can't get to on the floor. That's a huge advantage. So uh, I really like that from him. I also think that the leadership in the uh, the center room, if you will, uh, you know, you can't speak highly enough of the job Mason Plumlee's done. He's had a career year for himself statistically speaking. He's top ten in the NBA in field goal percentage and getting to battle against practice through training camp all throughout this season uh that's just got to be invaluable for a guy like mark who in addition to being a great player is a great guy and just a sponge taking in all this knowledge from a 10-year vet as well as his coaching staff sam the hornets are first in the nba in field goal attempts at 29th in field goal percentage and then on the defensive side at 28th in opponents points per game and have only held one opponent under 100 points at this point do are we just hoping the Hornets can just show up and make shots and play an ounce of defense at this point and just see what happens? Well, I actually think their defense is, is a little bit better than they're getting credit for in some of those stats, but because of what you talked about, because their pace is so high, they create so many extra possessions. It allows the other team to have extra possessions as well. So some of those scoring numbers are actually going up. I, I think the efficiency part has been a part of the problem. Uh, if you look at the numbers, Charlotte and Memphis are actually pretty close to each other in terms of pace of play. They're also not that far apart from each other in team field goal percentage as well. Uh, Memphis is the worst free throw shooting team in the NBA. They're not a particularly strong field goal percentage team. What they do better than the Hornets do right now is when they get into transition, their, their pace of play and their fast break points more or less line up in terms of how they rank in the league. They're top three, I think, right now in both of them, or at least they were yesterday. Charlotte is number one in pace of play since LaMelo has come back, but they're about 15th in fast break points. They're not converting enough on these odd man rush opportunities, on these turn, uh, points off turnover opportunities. Um, and so something Coach Clifford talked about earlier is being maybe a shot selection part of the, the puzzle that they need to continue to get better at. So um, I think that when you're looking at these two teams, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, Memphis has a, a bit of a, an ace up their sleeve with Steven Adams in the middle and his ability to get double-doubles. I think he's averaging 20 boards a game over his last three nights. Um, but for Charlotte to get a win, they need to not 
play any faster. They're playing fast enough. they got to be a little bit more efficient while playing fast and make defenses pay when they're out in front of them. All right, that's the voice of Sam Farber, the Hornets play-by-play announcer, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can hear him on the call tonight as the Hornets host the Grizzlies. Tip is set for 7 p.m. Sam, we always appreciate it, man, and good luck on the call. I appreciate you guys. Good luck with your Disney quest, and Mm -hmm. we're going to miss you all. We're going to go on the road for about a week and a half, and uh, when we come home, there's only two home games on the homestand. It's Martin Luther King weekend. Uh, there will be a Saturday game and a Monday game, both against the Boston Celtics. Hornets.com for your tickets.